Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Hey everybody, praise the Lord. It's Pastor Charlie here. Excited about this service, this, this unified service that we do, United Roxborough with Wissahickon Church, Watershed Church, and Roxborough Church. We're having such a great time to bring you these services. We have a good time when we record it. We believe that the Spirit of the Lord is present. We're enjoying it. We're laughing. We're having fun. We're crying together. We're worshiping together. And we hope that you are doing it with us. And hope that you're getting the full effect of what we're feeling here in person. We thank you for joining us every week. We thank you for being with us. We just ask you that you will continually pray for us as we continually pray for you. Well, let's pray for the service. No more delay. Let's get started. This is the ending of the series, The Purpose Behind the Power. And so all three pastors are going to bring an exciting word. And so I'm excited to hear what the other pastors have to say. Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to worship. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come before your people to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that you will prepare the hearts and minds for worship, Lord, and we ask that you will be ever present in our lives, Lord, and that your spirit will bring liberty, healing, and deliverance, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Come on, everybody, let's worship. Friends, would you join me in praying as we prepare our hearts for the word this morning? Father, I pray that the words that are spoken will be words that continue to remind us, encourage us, challenge us, and, and, uh, and, and inspire us, Father, to, uh, to recognize the work that you've done, the great work that you've done, the miraculous nature of who you are, and respond to that on the daily basis. God, I pray that right now you will be present in this preached word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, you can join with me. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 9. I'm going to start in the 10th verse, reading verses 10 through 17. This is what the word of the Lord says. When the apostles returned, they reported to, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it, and they followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and the countryside, and they can find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. And they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were gathered there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces 
that were left over. That must have been an amazing day. That must have been a day that the disciples would never forget. I mean, think about it. The crowd was so large and and so engaged in what Jesus was doing that they nearly went right past mealtime. And you can imagine the, 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 uh, you know, the, the scurry that was beginning as they realized, man, we're, we're getting hungry. And as the scurry built, as the, as, as the emotion began to build, the disciples saw it and were like, whoa, wait a minute. There is no way. There's no way we can do this. And they did what only they could do. They, they turned to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, I think it's time for everybody to go home. I think about that story and I'm reminded of a couple of things that God has done here in our lives. And I'm reminded of ways in which the miraculous still happens. But I want to walk you through the text for just a second. So would you look back with me? I, I love the fact in, ver- fact in verse 11, it says, Jesus welcomed those who had gathered and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who had need. You know, one of the things that I am reminded about Jesus is that Jesus cared about the whole person. I am challenged and convicted as I think about living a life that reflects Jesus Christ. That I am called by God. And and, and friends, I want to say you're called by God too. To care about the whole person. To care about the very real and present needs of someone's life. To care, care about the hurts that someone has, to to celebrate the joys that other people are experiencing. But none of those things that the neglect of the greatest need of every one of our lives, which is the need to understand the gospel and the saving grace that comes through Jesus Christ. I love the fact that he says he gathered them together and and he talked with them. He didn't talk at them. He talked with them. There was a a conversation that took place and surely Jesus was carrying the conversation, but he was was invested in the conversation with someone else. And he recognized the needs in their life. And he responded of the local church. I've been so proud of the way the local church has responded to the needs that were there and responded to uh, the situations of people's lives. I've seen, I've seen some of our pastors gathering around people. I've seen them show up at people's houses to, to drop off boxes of food or, or, or to bring a blessing in some kind of way. I, I know that, that, that our congregations have, have responded to phone calls late into the evening where someone said, this is what's going on in my life and I need someone to talk to, and you showed up. That's Christ in you. That's Christ at work in your life. And that's Christ evident in someone else's life through you. Church, I celebrate that. If you're following along, the first thing I'm saying to us is that Jesus Christ brought the disciples intentionally into this place so that in this moment they they would be a part of the journey. They would learn and they would grow They would see the story of what God is doing uh, unveiled right before their eyes. And as everyone gathered together, Jesus did what only Jesus could do. 
The second thing I want to say to us this morning as we look at this text is that not only did God intentionally bring everybody together, but God welcomed and evangelized. Friends, I want to say as clearly as I can to you, it is our responsibility as followers of Christ to share the good news. And the good news comes with an invitation. It comes with the invitation for someone else to say yes to what God has done and what God desires to do in their life. Have you shared that invitation today? Have you invited someone else this week or this month or during these COVID times to, to, to know the God who you know and to have their life transformed by the God who has transformed your life? But the third thing I really want to hone in on this morning is that we, I think sometimes, we're, we, we overlook the real miracle of this story. Surely it was miraculous that God took five pieces of bread and, and, uh, or, or five, yeah, five loaves and two fish and, and he, he, he multiplied them. And that is miraculous. I've tried to multiply things and haven't had a lot of luck. But God doing that is miraculous. But the true miracle of this story, or at least a miracle in this story, is that Jesus, in the moment he did that, he healed the unbelief, specifically the doubts of the disciples. Friends, as a follower of Jesus, have you ever had a moment where you said, I don't, I don't even know that God could come through on this? Well, that was kind of what was happening. The disciples looked out and they said, this is overwhelming. There's no way that this could happen. And when Jesus did it, every one of the disciples turning to each other, I can't believe it. He did it. He did it. And I dare say this to each one of us today. Whatever it is in your life that needs healing, Whatever it is in your life that is just covered by doubt, I know the one who has the miraculous nature, the power and the authority, and desires to bring wholeness. So surely, he can multiply bread. He can make dinner satisfy many. But even greater than that, he can overcome the things in your life that are holding you distant from walking closely with him. This morning as we continue in this time of worship and as you have an opportunity to hear both Pastor Eric and Pastor Charlie share a word with us, would you yield to the miraculous nature of God? Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you that you've already shown that you can. So we can sit in a posture of believing that you will. And God, we welcome you this morning to do the same miraculous work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us in worship so far. And look, just because the music stopped doesn't mean the worship has to. This is the time during the service where normally if we were together, we would take up an offering. But we're not together. Uh, but we still want to encourage you to pray and ask God what he would have you to contribute to your church. You know, the ministry of the church hasn't stopped. We're still reaching out to our communities, loving our communities well, and, uh, and we're still trying to minister to you, the people of our church. So uh, we believe a couple things about worship, uh, about offering. First thing is that it's an act of faith. We believe that offering is an act of faith because 
you have to deliberately decide to trust God with your money when you give an offering. The second thing we believe is that the offering is an act of worship. We believe that everything we have is a gift from God, and it's an act of worship to give a small portion back to Him each and every month. And so, so we invite you that if, if that's the way you view offering, to join us by looking at the description below this video, and there's there's uh, links where you can give. There's a, a text, you can a phone number where you can text to give. There's a link where you can give online. There's even addresses if you want to mail in a check, you can do that as well. So we encourage you to play, pray and seek God and join us in worship through your gifts. Thank you so much. Let's pray for the offering and we'll continue with the sermons. God, we love you so much. We thank you so much for how you've provided for each and every one of us. And God, we just ask that you take these gifts now that we bring to you. And we ask that you use them, that you multiply them, and God, that your kingdom will march forth and that the name of your son, Jesus Christ, will be lifted high, uh, Lord, as we use these gifts to minister to the needs and, Lord, to proclaim the gospel in Roxborough, Philadelphia, and around the world. Lord, we ask that you not only bless the gift, but you bless the giver, Lord, giving them abundantly more than they could ever think or imagine and that they will continue to be faithful to you in their giving. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey kids, Pastor Ricky back at it again with another uh, Kids Challenge this morning. And I'm excited to jump back into it with you guys. And so gather around as we continue our series called Epic. So last week, guys, I introduced this series uh, for us all, and the idea of Epic is that we will be describing that even though uh, the Israelites were in the wilderness, um, and they might have felt afraid, they might have been doubtful, they may have struggled in, in different ways, God had a plan to get them to this place called the Promised Land, and we'll talk about more of that um, in our lesson today. Uh, but even while they were in that wilderness, it was confusing all of these things. God had an awesome plan for them, and it was epic. And so that's where the title kind of comes from. But I'm excited to jump back into it. Last week we talked about that I can spend time with God anywhere. Today we will be learning that we can trust God. And so let's join our friends Carl and Cassie once again as we talk about this big idea. Check them out. Well, hey there, you little chicken nuggets. It's me. Carl, and welcome to Grow TV. Welcome to Grow TV. Introducing your host, Carl. And your co-host, Cassie. Where we learn, where we grow, and we talk about Jesus. Once again, welcome to Grow As y'all know, our theme this month is epic. And today, we have an epic show because <laughs> I have a couple of surprises for Cassie. You see, <laughs> I got some silly pranks and some tricks for Cassie that I want y'all to watch and enjoy. So first, I have two glasses of milk. One glass, my glass, is just gonna be filled with normal milk from a cow. Just normal milk, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but Cassie's, <laughs> Hers is gonna have a whole bottle of honey in it. <laughs> this week's study mentions the land of milk and honey, so I figured it'd be kind of amusing to add a little sweet, sticky honey to Cassie's milk. <laughs> 
she'll never see it coming. My next trick <laughs> will involve this envelope, labeled Cassie. Inside this envelope is just a bunch of feathers from a bird. When Cassie opens the envelope, bird feathers will fly everywhere, and it will be funny. <laughs> I do have some more pranks, but we'll see how these go first. But she should be here any second, so to start off, I'm gonna pretend to sleep. When she comes in, <laughs> I won't be asleep, and I'll scare her. Watch this. What you doing? Ah! How's it going? Good. Were you trying to scare me? <laughs> Cassie, I would never, ever do anything to surprise you or scare you. So did you read this week's Bible story? I sure did, and it was totally epic. Right? What was your favorite part? I thought it was real cool how God led them to the promised land. You know, the land of milk and honey. <laughs> that was super awesome. I thought it was pretty neat how they sent in the 12 spies to go in and learn more about the promised land. Yep, and to celebrate this cool story, I thought it'd be fitting to enjoy this special drink. <laughs> what is it? Just milk. Well, you said special drink, so... Well, I mean, uh, a special, uh, special story calls for a special drink. <laughs> okay, do you have a straw? I like to drink my milk out of straws. Uh, yeah, I think I, I might have a straw somewhere around here. Um, no, I actually don't have a straw. Oh, it's all right. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it will be. Well, bottoms up. <laughs> Sticky and sweet. <laughs> this is awful. What happened? I knew you're up to something. I had to switch them. What? Man, that stinks. That's all right. How did it taste? Nasty. Just really weird. Speaking of weird, I have something for you. Really? What is it? Well, it's an envelope, and it has your name on it. Huh? Where'd you find it? Um. Well, I found it at the the Broom Broom Juice Store. Downtown, past the Chick-fil-A. Vroom Vroom juice store? You mean the gas station? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Okay, that's weird. I can't seem to get it open. Just rip it open, Cassie. I mean, it's covered in tape. You just gotta just pull it hard. It'll, it'll open. I, I can't. I'll just open it later. Hey, just give me the thing, Cassie. It was, real, it was really easy to open it, Cassie. <laughs> really easy. <sighs> Those feathers? Yes, from a bird. Okay, weird. Do you want something to clean it up with? I don't think so. Probably just going to trick me with it. It wasn't a trick. I was just helping you. Well, I don't trust you now. All my tricks ended up just tricking myself. So you don't trust me? I don't think so. You sound like the 10 spies. Who? The 12 spies from the story. Moses sent 12 spies out to look around, bring back fruit, and report what they found. So what does this have to do with not trusting? Well, when the spies came back, 10 of them were really intimidated and worried, even though God had promised them the land. Well, what about the other two? Caleb and Joshua? Well, they said they should take the land that God had promised them that God had been faithful every time before, so they should trust that God is faithful now. Well, what did the others say, Joshua and Caleb? They argued. Why? They didn't trust God, just like you don't trust me now. Man, that's rough. 
Well, I do trust you now. I was just trying to have some fun. And if it makes you feel any better, I had fun. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I guess I can trust you again. I trust you too, Carl. And I think today we learned we can trust God too. Yeah, I can trust God. Wait a minute. Is that our... Big idea! That's right, you little chicken nuggets. Today's big idea is I can trust God. So on the count of three, let's all say it together. One, two, three. I can trust God! <laughs> Huzzah! Way to go, kiddos. Sure did have fun with y'all today. I'm gonna go to the doctor though because I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to birds and their feathers. Also, do not try any of these pranks at home because if you're like me, you'll find out that you are in fact allergic to feathers from birds and your throat is very itchy. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for watching and tune in next week for a new episode of TV. So guys, like Carl and Cassie said, um, this land, this promised land that God was going to take his people into uh, was nicknamed the land of milk and honey. I know that seems strange if you've ever seen a place flowing with milk and honey that would be a little bit weird but the idea was that there would be enough um, in that land to to bless them uh, to provide for them that god was going to provide for them in that land and so that's kind of what that means but um this land that god was giving to them right it had people living in there and it wasn't their land it was god's promise to the israelites and so god said hey here's your land uh go and and take this land and the people uh, God had sent Joshua and Caleb and some other men to spy out the land to see uh, that it was good, just like God had said, right? And he said, hey, come back uh, with fruit so that the people can see just how good of a land it is. And they did that. They went into the land and Caleb tells the people just how great of a land it was. But there was some in his company that uh, wanted to discourage the people and just struggle to believe and struggle to trust God that uh, it was as good as God had said it was because there were people that were scary living in the land. And so um, while Caleb said, hey, let's do it, there were some others who said, we can't do it. It's too, uh, too complicated, too scary. And they began to have all of these uh, negative kind of comments about why they shouldn't take the land, right? And that can happen in our lives too, right? There, there are times where God may call us to do something. He may call us to, to be honest. He may call us to try something new that we haven't tried before. Um, and there's so many different uh, times where God might be calling us to do something. And in our minds, maybe friends, maybe other people, they will come and discourage us and be like, you can't do that. You're too small. Uh, that's too scary. Uh, what if they make fun of you? What if they don't believe you? All of these ideas swirl around in our heads and people might say this to us. But guess what? We can trust God in those moments. And so I want to encourage you to think about uh, some things. One, what is one thing this week that you need help trusting God in? I can't answer that for you, but I want you to think about that with your family. What is one thing that you really need help trusting God? And ask God to help you not to believe those lies that you hear in your head, those lies maybe from other people um, that might cause you to be afraid, but trust God in that moment. Second thing is, 
Think of a way that God has come through for you before. I know personally, when I think of how God has uh, encouraged me in a previous time, it encourages me that I can trust God again. And so those are two things to consider, to talk together as a family, parents, lead that conversation with your kids and encourage them that they can trust God in those moments, pray about it, and even reread the story to find encouragement in that. And so I hope, guys, that you are encouraged that we can trust God in every situation, no matter what. And so I'm going to pray for us, and I will see you guys next week. Dear God, thank you so much for my friends listening and their families. God, I pray that you would help us, God, just like Caleb and Joshua encourage the people to trust God. Um, And I know sometimes we experience discouragement, God, but help us to know that we can trust you no matter what. God, show our friends uh, what's an area they can trust you and show them that they can in that moment trust you, God. And uh, thank you, God, for this morning. Pray blessing over uh, the sermon and your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, I will see you again next Sunday. Take care. God bless. Wow, thank you, Pastor Ray, for that great word and just the encouragement that, yes, God is about the whole person. And, man, we can really lean in and expect something miraculous from God if we just let him and draw close to him. Today we're kind of wrapping up the series, Purpose Behind the Power. And and today I'm going to talk about a woman who had a problem. And this is one of the most famous stories of healing in, in all the New Testament. We find the story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the same story told from three different perspectives. And today I'm going to be looking in Mark chapter 5 as, as we look at this story. And if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. Mark chapter 5, I'm going to be starting in verse 25 as we talk about the woman who was healed. It says this, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, this woman who we encounter, we, we don't know really much about her. We don't know where she came from. Uh, we don't know what her name was. We don't know how old she was. We just know that she had a problem and that she had been suffering for a long, long time. She was suffering physically. She had a hemorrhage that would not stop bleeding. And when your body's bleeding, you become weak and it can lead to all kinds of other health issues. So she was suffering physically. She was suffering financially because she had spent everything she had on doctors trying to fix her physical problem. Not only was she suffering physically, not only was she suffering financially, she was suffering, suffering spiritually. In the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, uh, which is the law that this woman would have been living under, it tells us that a woman who had a bloody discharge would be considered unclean. And so 
anyone who touched her would also be unclean. So, so the spiritual suffering that she, that she was enduring led to a social and a relational suffering. And so this woman was suffering in just about every way imaginable. And, and as we're all experiencing right now under this quarantine, when you have to be isolated from the people you're close to and from social interaction, you can begin to suffer mentally as well. And some of you listening right now have been suffering for a long time. In fact, to be honest, the first six months of 2020 have kind of felt like 12 years of suffering. But some of you have been suffering way before the coronavirus hit, way before anything else that we've been enduring and, and dealing with over these past six months. And you've been suffering physically, maybe you've been suffering emotionally, financially, relationally, or spiritually. But I think there's some things we can learn from this woman. If, if you've been suffering for any amount of time, if there's anything that you're just enduring and you just are ready for it to end, I think we can learn some things from her. The first thing I want you to see about this woman is that she had to get low. She had to get low. Look at verse 26 through 28 again. It says, She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. She had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I would be healed. First, she was low because she was out of options. She was low because she was out of options. Verse 26 says she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. No, no doctor could help her. No amount of money was enough money. And she was worse off than when she started. You know, oftentimes we won't turn to God as long as we feel that there's a viable human option available. But sometimes God will eliminate all of your options so you will finally look to Him. And that's exactly what this woman did. She was all out of options and she finally looked to God. Let me ask you a question. Are you finally out of options? It's time to turn to God. She was low because she was out of options and she was mentally and physically humbled herself. Look at verse 27 and 28 says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Like this woman now has started talking to herself. She's like, she's talking and answering and, but she made up her mind that Jesus was her only hope. It was a conscious and deliberate decision that she made on her own behalf. And then she physically humbled herself. She mentally humbled herself, but then she physically humbled herself. The account given of this event in Luke says this, that she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. By the edge, that means the other, it could be translated him, like the bottom of his cloak. She was literally down around Jesus' feet. Here's my question for you. Are you willing to look to the Son of God and to the Word of God for healing? Are you willing to humble yourself and get down low and just admit that, hey, I don't have all the answers? Science doesn't necessarily have all the answers. Politics doesn't have all the answers. My money doesn't have all the answers. My family anything. Are you willing to get down low at the feet of Jesus and admit that you don't have the answers? Are you willing to look to God for the answers? 
It's time to turn to God. Second thing about this woman is she was healed. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped. It worked. It worked. She came to Jesus with the faith that he could accomplish what no human and no amount of money could accomplish. And her encounter with Jesus led to her experiencing his power. Make no mistake that when you get down low and humble yourself and submit to Jesus, who loves you so much that he died for you, and to the written word of God, of the God who created you in his image and sacrificed his only son on your behalf, you will begin to experience the power of Jesus on your behalf. The woman was healed. And let me tell you, God wants to clean up the mess that you're in. Third thing, this is last. Third thing about this woman she was made free. Look at verse 30. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. We always want the blessing, and then we want to move on with our lives. The car, the job, the healing, the house, whatever blessing we're asking God for, whatever it is that we really want. Once we get what we want, we kind of start the big time God. We're like, nah, bro, I'm good now. Like, you can just go on. And, and, and that's kind of the attitude we take. And she was kind of hiding back. Like, she got her blessing, and she, she thought that was it. But there was more than just the blessing. Jesus asked, who is it that touched me? And the woman came forward in front of everyone. She went public. She told her whole story, the whole truth, the Bible says. And what was Jesus' response? His response was, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This woman went from being unknown to completely exposed to being a daughter of the King of Kings. It was when she entered into a relationship with Jesus that she experienced true freedom. Yes, yeah, she was healed before, but once he called her daughter, she was free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You know, we've been, we've been going through this coronavirus for I don't even know how many weeks now. It's a lot. Almost four months, I think. Some, somewhere around there. But we're beginning to see little glimpses and signs this week that things are moving towards normalcy. Like here in Philadelphia, we moved to the yellow phase, and that means that certain things are happening. I got an email from our local restaurant today that says next week or uh, on Saturday, they're going to they're gonna open up for outdoor seating. So we kind of see some little things that are moving from normalcy. Now, during this time, many of us have either suffered personally or had someone close to us suffer from the coronavirus. Many of us have experienced healing from the virus, either directly or indirectly. Many of us have prayed, some for the first time, or some for the first time in a long time. And now we feel like we can see the other side of this pandemic. As businesses and beaches start to open up, we have a joyful anticipation of being able to experience normal life again. But let me just give you one word of caution. I'm ending with this. Don't rush back to normal without Jesus. You may experience healing, but you will never experience freedom or wholeness without Jesus. Tell others about the ways you have experienced the power of Jesus during the past six months and take him with you for the rest of your life. The purpose behind the power is for you to be a son, to be a daughter, 
of the King and to be free. Praise the Lord, and we thank God for that worship song. And we thank God for Pastor Ray and Pastor Eric and the message that they brought. I'm going to come out of uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. Give you a few seconds to uh, turn to that. And I hope that you taken that few seconds and you got right to it. Starting at the 11th verse, it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise up and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, we ask that you would move in your word to touch the hearts and minds of your people. Father, we ask that you would be an ever-presence in their lives. Stir up the gifts that's within them and use them for your glory. But remind them, Lord, remind them that you are still with them always and forevermore. And we thank you for your presence. Now, Father, speak to me and through me and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Luke reminds us, while in the midst of his travel, he came across 10 men with leprosy. As they stood a distance, now the lepers had a range of skin disease, known as leprosy, who stood at a social distance due to the fear of being contagious. And people with skin disease were required to withdraw from the community and alert anyone approaching. They would shout out, unclean, unclean. But here, they shouted something different. They saw that Jesus was approaching. And they shouted, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
It was a cry for mercy. Because they had been tormented with this disease for some time. And leprosy, it eats at their skin. It takes away parts of their, 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 their bodies, like their fingers, their ears, and their toes. I know a friend who went to Africa to do some missionary work. And he sent me back pictures showing me leprosy is real. Jesus healed this. And I'll never forget the pictures that I saw. It was horrible. But just to imagine, no matter how horrible a disease is, Jesus can still heal. And so when they cried for mercy, they must have had knowledge of Jesus. Because it suggested they either heard of his miracles or maybe heard of some of his teachings. And then they called him master. Now, they called him master. So it seems as if they were willing to submit to his authority for their healing. Not begging for arms. They didn't ask for money. They didn't ask for food. They didn't ask for clothing. But they cried out for mercy. That was a cry for their healing because they seen a savior approaching. And just like that, because Jesus, he hears the cries of his people. He comes to save, he comes to heal, he comes to deliver and he comes to set free. He don't wanna see you in bondage. He don't wanna see you suffering. He said, I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And so when he heard the cry, he responded immediately. And he says, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, according to the law in those times, people with skin disease had to be examined by the priests who would determine whether they were clean or unclean. And as they went, they were cleansed. Because they obeyed Jesus. They were cleansed, healed from leprosy because they believed in his word. They didn't question him, why not touch me? Or, 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 or why not speak a word to me? But you said, go and show yourselves to the priests. You might not agree with everything that you read in the word. But it is the word of truth. And if you obey the word of truth, and if you follow Jesus' plan for your life, he can get you to that designated place of promise that's called good. The Bible says that one of them saw that he was being healed. I can only imagine that suffering from this, this skin disease and this, this, this word that we receive from the Savior and we follow exactly what he said to do, begin to walk and seeing that, that he's being healed, that, that is no more limping and, and, and no more pain and no more suffering. But he's coming to a place 
where he is being healed. He came back. Praising God with a loud voice. Probably with the same loud voice in which he cried for mercy. He cried for praise towards God. He cried out for mercy, but he cried probably even louder to give God praise for the healing. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and fell on his face. And he praised God the Father and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. The Jews and the Samaritans despised one another during these days. But sickness caused them to gather together. But healing determined their new direction. Where would you go after you see the priests or the physician? After they gave you the good report? After, after you get the healing that you prayed for, where would you go? After we come out of this pandemic, after they, we reach the level where we can gather back together, where would you gather? I'm looking forward to gathering to a place of worship. I'm looking to gather back to thank God that I'm still able to gather and worship him. I'm thanking God for the covering and how he kept me through the pandemic, how he fed me when I couldn't feed myself, how he covered me and, and how he clothed me and how he protected me. And even when we felt symptoms of the sickness, he still provided a covering that I didn't get sick because Jesus heard the cries of his people. And here he comes to save us and come to deliver us. Are you willing to go back to worship the Father? After this is over, are you willing to find a church home where your soul can be saved? Where you can be enriched through the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where you can be encouraged? I have three churches I want to mention. Watershed Church, Roxborough Church, and Wissahickon Church. We welcome you to come and worship our Father with us. We welcome you to come into the presence of the Lord. Once we get an opportunity to gather back together, we say, come ye. And let's praise God together. After this is over. But if you just simply believe in our hearts, we know that God loves all. Not just the Samaritans, not just the Jews, not just the Gentiles, but everyone as a whole. And whatever it takes to unite us, he will unite us and gather us together for his purpose. For it is with your heart, Romans 10.10 10 says that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Come home and worship with us. Just like the Samaritan. So he returned to give God praise for Jesus. Because he realized that he is the high priest. And the great physician, the great healer, 
I believe in that moment upon his return. Jesus claimed him as his own. God received his praise. Now God inhabits the praise of his people. God looked upon them and called him his own. And his children, God gives favor. Then he said to him, rise up and go. Your faith has made you well. After the healing and after the blessing, remember to return with praise. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endureth forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Pray with me. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. Help us to navigate ourselves back to corporate worship. Help us to gather in fellowship with the brothers and the sisters. Just to lift up your holy name. To continue to grow in you. And we thank you for your healing. Your grace, your mercy, your peace, your love, and your salvation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Friends, we hope that you have been uh, super encouraged during this time of worship. And I know that myself, like hearing the, the word preached and the reminder of the miraculous nature of God is just something that, that, uh, that, caused me to, that causes me to stop and say, God, thank you. Thank you to celebrate what God has done. And look, I, I believe that you and I each have gone through moments that are just really difficult. And at times we lose sight of what God is doing. And maybe you're in one of those times right now. We hope that this service has been somewhat of a, uh, of a bridge for you to step back into uh, what is right with the Lord. And so as we wrap up our service, we have one more song we're going to sing. And as we wrap up our service, this last song is just a song of celebration. It's a, it's a thank you to God. It's a recognition of God being at work in our lives here and now. And so, friends, I want to invite you, please, let's thank the Lord together. Let's thank the Lord together for his goodness, for the miraculous nature of, of, of salvation, of healing of hope, and of overcoming the doubts in our lives. Let's end this time of worship with one final song. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.